0: Episode 331, How to Have a Great Dream. And what do they mean? Lainey Deflin. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Lewis-Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one personal leadership podcast that is also a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive, and also a TEDx podcast talk for how to rise up you can see a theme here but please do check these out if you like the talk if you like the podcast you will love the book the book is the best of the best and it's available on amazon
1: this podcast is brought to you by the talk accelerator helping thought leaders increase influence income and impact by achieving their talk
0: how to secure and smash your own tedx talk if you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot please do head over to talk Accelerator.com. That's talkxcelerator.com. Get to the podcast. Right, this week is all about having a great dream. We have Lainey Deflin on the line. She is a dream analyst and she would interpret our dreams. And we're going to, be, as I say, talk all about how to have a great dream. She's a best selling author. I'm excited to have her on the show. It's got way more to her introduction, but I want to get straight to the lady herself. Are you ready to awaken your alpha today?
1: I sure am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. Awakening dream uh, analyst It's
1: perfect. So that was a brief introduction. Is there anything you'd
0: like to add?
1: I'm all about problem solving and I'm all about not turning 60 and responding to the people and situations in your life with that same old boring knee jerk response that you learned when you were a child. I'm all about change
0: where were you a child where are you speaking to us from today where did you grow up
1: (laughs) I'm from Montreal and I was born and grew up here although I spent my summers in upstate New York so there's some people tell me there's a little bit of a New York twang in my voice
0: yes I don't think anyone would have been able to place you from uh yeah hearing your voice I think a bit like me sometimes no one knows where I'm from so I think it's important to find out where you are but also how did you get into dreams, like becoming a dream analyst and interpreting dreams? I'm guessing that might not have been like what you were aspiring to do when you was younger and they don't really talk about it in career right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, and I don't wanna get stuck in the mud there. So I'll just say quickly, I'm 68 years old and uh, happily married, uh, four daughters. Um, my first daughter was born when I was uh, 20 with Down syndrome. And not that long after, I became depressed, which makes sense. Mm. And I ended up in uh, Freudian psychoanalysis with a brilliant analyst, actually out of New York, who had moved here to Montreal. And uh, I wasn't so well able to articulate my feelings when I was just 20, but I'm a dreamer. I've been a dreamer my whole life. And I used to go into the sessions with the shrink, always with a dream. And probably he did about 80% of my psychoanalysis through dream analysis. And so my introduction to Freud was that I experienced him before I learned about him. And I went on to study different fathers of psychology, specifically and only about dream analysis. And so that's, that's where, I, where I got to the, where I am today. Today, I teach the counseling students dream analysis at Concordia University here in Montreal. And I opened the Dream Interpretation Center also here in 1997.
0: Whoa, that's been going a long yeah. time. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. imagine I don't know much about dream interpretation because I don't. Um, so if any of the listeners in the same boat, talk to us about dream interpretation. And even maybe some who are skeptical and just think, "Ah, oh, your brain is just... You know, just yeah. chucking out rubbish in the night. To dream interpretation think... and yeah, talk to us about just kind of to get us more on board, right? Well, I'm I'm very interested. Okay. In this
1: what I want to say, I want to begin by saying, in my world, there's no good, no bad, no right, no wrong. There is appropriate and inappropriate as far as responses that we have to given situations that happen to us in our life, and when you're born. You come into the world whole. You have the ability to be shy, to be assertive, to be a hero, to be a chicken, to be selfish, <laughs> giving. Maybe you're the comedian in the family. Maybe you're the more serious person. Maybe you are openly affectionate, and maybe you're not. Maybe you're not comfortable with that. So we, c- we arrive here with everything, and the people that bring us up teach us that it's better to be one way than another way. And so we become what I like to call over-exercised in some aspects of our personality and under-exercised in others. So Carl Jung, for example, he would have called your unexercised parts your shadows. Uh, And um, your over-exercised parts are your knee-jerk reactions. And so all of these things are always there. And for me, I like to imagine a bag of tricks And you want to have your your bag full so that you can respond in what you think is the appropriate way to whatever life situation happens to you. And I'm going to go right there with a dream, okay? So uh, So all of the parts of the dream represent different parts of you. And typically you, the ego... You take the part in the dream that you feel the most comfortable with, and you give out all the other parts of the dream to different people, places, and things. Sometimes it's a place. I know a man who dreams about New York, and that's his way of saying to himself that he's very busy this week. So I'm just going to the deeper ends first, and then we'll come back to the surface, which is... um, M- more fun because <laughs> I'm I'm not here to say that change is easy I am here to say that change is possible. And so here's a, an example Here's a guy. His name is Steven and he's dreaming. It's a one-picture dream I've got a, dozens of those he's climbing up a ladder and there's paper paper everywhere and he can hardly make it to the top of the ladder because the paper is really in the way and when he looks up at the top, he sees his college roommate who he has not seen in about 35 years. And so I'm gonna teach you about points of entry. There are six of them. I used a, um, a symbols point of entry by asking Stephen, very quickly, what are the first two or three things that come to your mind about that roommate? What was it about him? Tell me very quickly. And the very first thing that came out of his m- mouth was he was a real selfish, take care of me kind of guy. That's what came out of his mouth. And so the dream was about the fact that Steven has so much work on his desk. That's why there's paper everywhere. And the ladder is that he's trying to climb the corporate ladder. And, but Stephen is an accommodator. Why is he over-exercised in accommodating? Because it so happens he grew up in a home with siblings. And the message he got was, it's not okay to be selfish because you hear sentences like, go pick up your toy, go pick up, uh, help your sister pick up the toys, go look after your brother. And your whole life experience anyway is sharing your parents. And those are many of us who grow up in a home with siblings. Not everybody. I don't want to paint with a big brush. Yeah. But many of us learn to become over-exercised and accommodating. And those are the people who don't know how to say no. Because mm. they're always busy accommodating everybody. And they get so exercised in that.
0: What are your thoughts on like the only child? Because I know in general it's almost like a phrase. The only child syndrome. or
1: Well, the only child person gets an opportunity to exercise taking care of themselves, And so the reason, the, the dream at the first level, at the first level is always about it's triggered by something that either happened to you yesterday or something that you thought about yesterday. And with Steven, it was that his friends invited him to go see a movie. And because he doesn't know how to say no, He said, yeah, sure, I'll go to a movie with you. And then he had this latter dream with this selfish, take care of me first kind of guy, which represents the aspect of Stephen. It represents his shadow, a part of him that he's not that comfortable with or used to exercising. And so the the solution to the dream was this college roommate. And once Stephen understood that he needs to access that potential, I call it, that potential that he has, he woke up the next morning and called his friends and he said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to join you for a movie because there's so much work on my desk. I'm going to go clean it up. And That is what, you know, that's what surface dream work looks like. He found the situation that triggered the dream. And that's what I do. I help you learn the language of metaphor. That's all I'm doing is teaching you the language. I could just as easily be teaching you French. I'm teaching you metaphor. And once he understood what situation triggered the dream, there we have it. Now, if Stephen wants to go deeper, which he did want to go deeper, then he learns that his accommodating, over-exercised part of his personality it's not that it's a bad thing or a good thing. There's many things that happen to us in our life where you need to access your ability to be accommodating. Mm. But this was not one of them. And so that, that he understands now that knee-jerk response comes from his past. And I used to have um, a teacher years ago. She used to say to me, you want to line up all your trash cans and make sure that you're throwing the, the garbage into the right trash and so it, it, by him telling his friends he's not going to a movie and he's going to go uh look after his business that's stephen having placed all the garbage in the right can comments
0: i was thinking are obviously like listening to you hear about these dream examples like climbing a ladder paper coming across it seems like okay you can kind of get where this, where this is coming from without knowing Stephen. and but are there dreams where you get where you're like what on earth is going on Number i say one.
1: that every single time i hear a dream
0: just just real messy dreams that are just like all over and also are some dreams just like just complete just mind like diarrhea just rubbish and Does it always mean something there's always something in there
1: no after 48 years i'm gonna sit here and tell you that the dream at the first level is positively triggered by something that you're trying to work out and the dream is only a conversation that you are having with yourself trying to come to a conclusion about whatever issue is bothering you i'm just going to run through the six points of entry because That's, I'm doing, I'm coming up to the surface now. This Mm -hmm. is how you find out why you had that dream. You can use the feelings. And a good example of that is the man who dreamt that his wife of 25 years was cheating on him. And actually it turned out to be because he had that feeling of betrayal. And that was the point of entry that I used to enter the dream. I asked the dreamer, what do you think is going on in your life this week? some situation that's making you feel betrayed and it wasn't about his wife it was about a client that he has in business that he also had been dealing with for 25 years who took his business somewhere else and the dream was there to inspire the dreamer to speak up because the dream is always giving you some kind of strength or solution every single time. And so if it's the client, he wasn't so, he wasn't so down to speak up so quickly. Mm. But if your wife was cheating, you wouldn't be silent. And so he creates a scenario in the dream, his healthy unconscious mind creates a, a scenario that pushes the dreamer to speak up. And then a second point of entry, I call them points of entry, by the way, because dream analysis is exactly like doing a puzzle. You try one piece, it doesn't work, you take it out, you try another. And that's why I call these how do you enter the dream to, to uh, deconstruct what the heck you're saying to yourself when you had the dream. And so another one is the an action point of entry where you get those people that say to me, oh, I, I was trying to go to the bathroom and I couldn't find one, but finally I, I, uh, I, I found a stall and I got stuck in the stall. And that's, so there's an action happening of inaction. And that's going to be me asking why, what are you stalling about? And, and that doubles as a pun and play on words, which we also do constantly or another action dream is you're driving your car and the brakes are not working. And that's gonna make me want to ask the dreamer, what do you think is happening in your life this week that you don't feel you have a control over? Or what are you doing that you can't stop, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. You know, maybe there's some kind of um, addiction going on, right? That the person is not able to stop and he's dreaming an action dream about his car. And then the symbols is another point of action. I gave you an example of the symbols with Stephen's college roommate up at the top of the ladder or another woman who was dreaming her teeth are falling out, which in some circumstances as a common dream, some people might say or some of those uh, dream dictionaries might say that it's a transition or I would say very often you dream your teeth are falling out because you have something to say and you're not saying it. And the dream is telling you, spit it out, like speak. Yeah. But um, this woman was dreaming that her teeth are falling out because for her, it's very personal, your associations by the way, and you cannot look it up in a book. You have to talk to the dreamer because for her, the fact that our teeth fall out, all of us when we're six or seven, is something that's inevitable, and it's also something we have no control over. And she was using teeth falling out in her dream because she, she knew that her, the guy, the boyfriend was about to break off with her. She knew it inside. It was something that was inevitable and that she had no control over. But consciously, she wasn't looking at it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I call this part of the discussion, welcome to the human race because that's what we do. We lie, we deny, we sweep, and we avoid. And it's like, hello, (laughs) but your unconscious never lies to you. And so it's, I like in uh, speaking up or holding things in at all or ignoring something that's bothering you this week. It's very uh, similar because we are self-regulating organisms. And so it's the same thing as if you have to pee. You can hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And at a certain point, it's like you have to pee. It's got to come out. (laughs) And that's what our conscious and unconscious are doing. Usually the conscious is uh, holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. Because we don't want to look at things or even we know something. and We don't want to act on it. But your unconscious is going to give it to you and however i will add to that however you are underreacting or ignoring whatever situation your dream is going to overreact hence the nightmare or the recurring dream that is ah, the overreaction yeah. i was going to
0: ask about re- recurring dreams and nightmares i was going to ask about them too yeah
1: that's right those are the that's an overreaction to something you are underreacting to, and so that creates a balance in itself. And the other thing it does is your your healthy unconscious succeeds in grabbing your attention because it wants you to talk about whatever the issue is.
0: Before we move on, to, my wife said she doesn't watch scary movies because she get nightmares. I mean, is that sometimes the interpretation as simple as?
1: You will not. The unconscious is so so sophisticated that you, if let's say you're watching the news and there's all news about a war, you, are, you will not dream about a war unless it so happens that you are at war with yourself about something. Every single one of us that's listening to this podcast or experiencing life, we all know that life throws you so many different situations. You have no power over changing anybody but yourself. And the way that you can figure out what you want to change about yourself and what response you want to give to whatever the situation in your life is will always appear in your dreams. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. So there's going to be
0: people listening and I'm kind of in this category more and more. The people who say, oh, either I don't dream or I can never remember my dreams or like you just remember a little bit of it and it just goes so quickly because I'm sure like That's not helpful for you to interpret them because they're like, I can't remember. Or or they they say they don't even dream. What are your thoughts around that to opposed to someone who dreams every night and can remember a lot about it?
1: Right, and all of us are dreaming every night Yeah, because dreaming is just thinking and your brain doesn't shut down when you go to sleep. You continue talking to yourself like you do during the day but the daytime distractions disappear. Yeah. So when you sleep at night, you can actually see what you're thinking. Yeah. Like, I would love
0: to give, be a guinea pig and give you something to work with here, but I honestly cannot remember any dreams. Like, right, ever, well, I guess the
1: best way is called intention because mm. if, and Freud said that, that's the easiest way to remember a dream is make a decision that you want to remember one, leave paper and pen beside your bed Now you've learned from me, you don't need a big, long dream. The intention is the best way, and don't get off the bed. Start writing the minute you wake up, anything that you remember. And if you go to me to see YouTube, or if you go to haveagreatdream.com, look up Dream Tidbits, um, and you find me at YouTube by looking for the Dream Interpretation Center, or Laney Dolphin, you can find me there too. And if you look at dream tidbit one and two, all my tidbits are under one minute. And they teach you you different things about dreams and tidbit one and two teach you about dream recall, exercises that you can do to help yourself remember a dream.
0: So, I mean, around these obviously different people, is it just that people are all individuals and it's just random that some people are like, remember? and other people feel like they don't dream, you know? Yeah, well, there's
1: there's a memory trace that's not operating at the same capacity in your frontal lobe when you're asleep as when you're awake. So there's a physiological reason why you wouldn't remember. And some of us are just more inclined. You're still problem solving anyway. I just thought of this uh, fabulous dream that I, I wanna give you just to show you that whether you remember or not, you're still gonna get the solution to the problem. Here's a woman dreaming that she's got a brand new puppy and she's so excited about the puppy that she actually puts him up on the table in front of her so she could look at him eye to eye. And she's so happy and all of a sudden, the puppy poos all over the table (laughs) and all over her hands and her arms. It's like a big mess. And so the dream, what I, you know, my point of entry was um, the feelings and the action and, and the plot, oh my God, the plot. I said to her, what do you think happened to you this week? Something that started out new and so happy and all of a sudden it took such a bad turn for the worst and she got it immediately, it was the job. She got a brand new job that she was so excited about, and after working there about three days, realized that she was working for a really abusive <laughs> guy. Yeah. He was shitting all over everybody, yeah. including her. Mm-hmm. And that's why you, you've got the puppy having a big accident all over the place. And looking for solution, because I promise you, a solution or strength appears in every single dream. And so my favorite solution finding uh, method is to take the story of the dream out to waking life. And I asked her if you really had a puppy and you really put him on the table and he really shit, what what would you do? And she said, the first thing I would do is take him off the table. And it turns out that in her language, like the way she speaks, because your language is very important, for her, taking something off the table, she said to me, uh, taking something off the table means it's not negotiable. I, I'm not doing, I'm not, do, it's over for me. Once I take something off the table, I'm not going back there. And that was what she did. She quit the job the next day because of the dream. Now, if you don't remember your dreams, you would absolutely quit that job anyway, but maybe you wouldn't quit it the day you had the dream. Yeah. Definitely. It might take you a month or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. We talked about some tips as well to how to have a great dream. And I know that's your book series as well. So, could we just have a couple of tips for someone listening to this who, like, they want to dream more or they want to have a great dream? They maybe dream anyway. So, how do you have a great dream?
1: Ask yourself, if, especially if you have a problem, when you're, you can write it down on a piece of paper, you can incubate a dream, ask for a solution to the issue. One of the ways that you can do that is as you're falling asleep, bring the sadness or the tension or the curiosity or frustration or whatever it is that you're feeling, feel that feeling as you're falling asleep. And you can even ask for a dream with metaphors that are easy for you to understand. You can even do that. And I promise you, you will get a dream. And you don't need, a, don't feel like you need a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like that's how so many people blow the dream off because it doesn't feel like the way we speak to ourselves or it doesn't have that same rationale. But that's because don't judge your dream. Your unconscious functions different, differently and speaks differently than your conscious mind does. And so even if you capture one picture Like the woman who's dreaming that she's in a burning chair, and that's the whole dream, her waking up, getting, jumping out of the chair, that was because she was procrastinating. And the dream provided a rehearsal to literally get up, get up and at it. And so that's why you don't
0: need a big, long story. What are your thoughts on the dreams that these are the sort of ones I can remember sometimes as well, where they're, they're just so good and you don't want to wake up and you're enjoying them. What does that mean? Is that when you've got a period in your life when everything's good or you know, what are your thoughts on the dreams well, where
1: they're just really nice? Yeah. It's uh, interesting because of the uh, COVID, the COVID dreams we call them because during this period of time, the uh, quarantine, was you stopped using your alarm clock which means that you didn't have a disturbed waking experience, Mm -hmm. which really encourages, it helps you uh, remember a dream. And so there's a gentleman, and there's not just him, so many people, but he, he just got so down that he actually forgot what it feels like to feel good. And so he dreamt that he won, um, $10 million in an online lottery. And so, you know, that expression, take that feeling and run with it. He forgot what it feels like to feel good. And his unconscious gives him this lottery win that made him feel so good. And and that's what he needed to be reminded of what it feels like to feel good again. And Mm. I often get this question also from dreamers who call for um uh about uh sexual dreams they'll get you know a sexual dream and it's like you know what's going on like i'm having the sexual dream i i haven't even had sex in like months and months (laughs) and sure because you forgot what it feels like to feel horny and that's (laughs) the, the purpose of the dream alfred adler would have said the dream gives rise to an emotion that helps the dreamer move forward towards the goal. So where Freud was looking into the past, Alfred Adler was looking into the future. And he would have said that those kind of happy dreams sometimes are there as a function of helping you push you forward towards the goal of feeling better
0: we're going to start to wrap it up now with the alpha round. Is there apart from your own books, which we put in the show notes, is there a particular impactful book in your life? Or if there isn't, was there a book that you thought was really good around dreams and this whole concept we've been talking about?
1: I guess I just love fall on your knees. Um, and I think her name is Anne McDonald, but she's a Canadian author. It's called fall on your knees. And Oh my God, what a book. That's all I got to say.
0: Is there a particular favorite quote or just really summed up your approach to life?
1: From my late mom, who would say, Here's the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday, and all is well. Nice. Lovely, and, eh? Yep.
0: Yeah. And what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more?
1: You can always find me at haveagreatdream.com. Both my books are called Have a Great Dream. And on Instagram, I am L A Y N E underscore dream analyst. So that's the best place to find me.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: You too, Adam, an absolute pleasure. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live Limitless. This podcast is brought to you by the Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. How to
0: secure and smash your own TEDx talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talk, X, C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com.